Hi team, this is the Be Real With Us podcast by The Path to Goals on a mission to help you quit yo-yo dieting forever, eat foods you love, embrace the strength of lifting heavy ass weights and cultivate an undeniable level of confidence that inspires women around you to do the exact same. We are certified nutritionists and personal trainers who just wanna be real with you when it comes to nutrition, strength, and mindset. We specialize in behavior change, hormones, metabolism, sleep, stress, recovery, and mindset. If you are frustrated by all the conflicting information floating around on the internet, well, don't worry because we are here to call out the bullshit and help you stop overthinking and start doing. Billions of these humans, humans. spinning on a ball of confusion. confusion. Some kids I went to school with, school with. gave up on their dreams, they said, screw it. Screw I it. said, oh, I'ma make some music. Even if they tell me it won't do shit. Give a few tips, gotta get the roots for you get the Hello, Be Real With Us listeners. Welcome back to another episode. We got a special guest. We're just going to get right into it because we need to skip the bullshit, okay? We're going to get right into it. Our special guest is Lauren. I want to make sure that I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. Kupis? Kupis? Kupis, yeah, that's perfect. Okay. Uh, She is a neuroscientist, bikini competitor, athlete, fitness model, motivator. And if you follow her online, she is I'm looking hot. Uh, and so, <laughs> we all have yeah. girl crushes on you. We all have girl crushes on her. And uh, actually, Denise, I'll let Denise go into it, but she manifested this shit. So <laughs> go into it, yeah. Denise. Can I, can I just say I manifested this? A few podcasts ago in December, if you remember, Shante, I said, hello, hi, Fit Brain Dog. If you're listening, <laughs> it's me. I'm Denise. Um, and I talked about this because I was just so inspired by your body competition and your journey. But let me let me talk about how I manifested this. Here's the thing with manifestation, y'all. You can visualize it. You can talk about it. But you need to take action. <laughs> like You need to do something about it. So we actually went to the same college. We went to UCSD and we have a mutual friend named Jen. And at that time I was looking for a photographer. I was like, oh, let's see some bikini pics. And so she was like, you should check out Lauren. She does a lot of like photography. And I went on your page and I was like, immediately loved. <laughs> immediately just, it was so cool to see that you were a neuroscientist and you were a bikini com- uh, com- com- competitor. competitor. <laughs> um, yeah, competitor. And I think the thing too, Lauren, for me with social media is that people can either like mindlessly scroll, right? Or just look and compare or get into that mindset. For me though, I'm like, I want to be purposeful. I want to connect. So we got connected and then we got lunch last week and it's been the best. It's been the best to watch your journey. <laughs> yeah, so I couldn't believe it when, when you connected and through Jen and, and there's a small world. It's like, oh, we both went to the UCSD and we were probably there <laughs> like overlapping and i feel like it was destiny to to meet up with you all we're so happy to have you on that's made in heaven yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yay cool cool well denise i i think you wanted to kick start off the questions right we have we have so many things that we want to talk about a lot of different topics um a little personal we want to know obviously about your um bikini competitions mindset around that we obviously know you're a neuroscientist so we want to get into that uh but i think Mm -hmm. you know denise had some questions off the bat yeah lauren well i know when we had lunch uh last week something we found out was that we were in the same field for a little bit we work both worked in aba and autism and whatnot and i think i guess and I, I would love for you to talk a little bit about your journey too, like how you started there and then how you went through and how you're here now. And then maybe just like all of the things that you know, what are some kind of like best advice and tips as you got to where you are right now? Yeah, so um, I'm I'm right now currently in like my last few months at UCLA. Um, I'm in the neuroscience PhD program here. It's a five-year, <laughs> it's a, been a five-year journey, just a PhD, but um, I started at UCSD. Um, I was pre-med my first few years. Um, I honestly just wanted to live life and explore my like options. And um, yeah, so I actually failed a class <laughs> at UCSD. Uh, it was it was like the third calculus, and and I knew mm. then I was like, all right, I, I I don't think med school is my route. You really need like the GPA, and then but then I was like, oh wait. I really want to go into grad school. Um, and that's when I started like kind of getting everything together. So after like two years of not 
doing super well, uh, I decided to change course. And um, yeah, and I started, I just applied for a bunch of labs. And I always knew I was interested in the brain. Um, and I was interested in fitness and health. And um, but I wanted to explore more in the neuroscience side. So I just applied to like every single neuroscience lab at UC- <laughs> or UCSD. <laughs> and then I just kind of lucked out like I got into um, it's called the Autism Center of Excellence. Um, and I got to work really closely with the data, but um, with Dr. Korshane, he's one of the founding fathers of autism research, um, and he does a lot of the neuroimaging work. And I got to work firsthand um, in the clinic there. We do diagnostic assessments, and it just like completely uh, ov- like just overwhelmed me the variety and what parents go through when they receive the diagnosis for their children with autism. And some of the things like you hear stories about, but when you see it firsthand, you see their data, uh, it, it really gets to you in, in your heart. And, and I started putting together with my life journey and my family, and um, that's helped lead to diagnosis in my own family. And I'm a bit on the spectrum and self-discovery. And, um, and that's when I really wanted to like continue on um, the autism neuroimaging journey and yeah, and I, I got, again, I feel like every my life's been very lucky, but it's like hard work mixed with like opportunity and luck. <laughs> so like what you said, manifestation is real, but you have to actually take action and do the work too. Um, and I looked out uh, after my uh, two years, I was volunteering at UCSD. Um, I had an opportunity to become the lab manager there uh, for the neuroimaging study. And I got to design a whole study I got to learn how to collect um, MRI scans for sleeping babies, and I got to work really closely with all the families. and um, And yeah, it, it really inspired me to like continue in that journey. And I just felt like, in my heart, I just wanted to help kids in some way and give them a better outcome because I was just like thinking for my own self and family, and like, why did some people come out? you know, okay, like, just like any of our journeys, like, why do any of us <laughs> turn out all right? And like, maybe you have family, like some of them are more negatively impacted in, mm-hmm. in dealing with like, things like anxiety, depression, and some aren't as much. And that was like, really the core question I wanted to get at And How could I help people, um, especially children, before their, their whole lives are ahead of them and give them a better outcome. And that was like, the really stemmed my life's journey and, and dreams. Um, and so I, I did two years at the UCSD lab. Um, and I think like some advice that I can give like before anyone who wants to go into like a PhD program or grad school, is just like take the time to really learn what you're interested in and passionate about. Um, because it, a PhD or med school or anything, it's it's like a big commitment. I've been in it for five years and I'm, I'm barely hanging on right now. I'm like ready to be done, but you have to be very passionate and like follow your heart and don't just research something just to research. Um, like you really want to follow something that you're interested in. And, um, and during that time, yeah, that's when I did ABA therapy as well. Um, so, and I think, so you're all BCBA or you're, you are all BCBAs. I'm not. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Alyssa's not, but, um, Denise and I are, and we come from the autism okay. field. So we worked in homes and in clinics. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I only I only did uh, a year as an ABA therapist, um, and yeah, that was very challenging. So yes. <laughs> I applaud you both for doing that. Like, uh, people don't know how much work that like and how much care and passion you really have to have to work with totally. all the families and and the kids. Absolutely. So I really applaud you. Um, uh-huh. But but I feel like uh, you know another part of this journey is experiencing it all firsthand, really understanding who you're working with, what does the population actually need help with, and what are the actual real life gaps or like issues or concerns or difficulties that they face. And um, something I saw a lot was difficulties with, um, well, like planning, but also diet, health, like nutrition. And, you know, a lot of the families at this point are just like trying to survive every day, just trying to get their kid like sometimes it was just the whole day was just trying to get their kid in the outfit, <laughs> you know, totally. like it's like little goals like that. And, um, and I feel like that's something that is very important and helped me shape like 
my research and not just to study just anything, but like what's going to be helpful to people in real life. And that's something I'm still like, even now still like trying to strive towards going more to is like doing research that's going to have like daily impacts on individuals. Um, and yeah, again, I, I kind of looked out again. I, I just met uh, my current mentor uh, and we just got along. It was kind of like, honestly, finding your lab is kind of like a, like a dating experience. <laughs> you, <laughs> you like, you get to know each other and you see if it's a good fit or not. And that's another thing you really want to surround yourself with, like whether, whatever job you do or lab you go into people that inspire you, who you want to work with, um, the environment really shapes your experience. And of course, perception is your reality. But yeah. I feel like if you're in a good environment, you like working with the people you're with, um, it makes the experience much better. It's made my five years, like, <laughs> uh, fly by, but also worth it. And I met some of my closest lifelong friends through the experience. And yeah, so I actually started in New Miami. Yeah, I started in New Miami, um, and the PhD over there. And the whole time I was manifesting and like dreaming, like, oh, I think I want to go back to California. <laughs> and uh, I actually started as a clinical psychologist there. Oh, wow. um, and I did training towards being a clinical psychologist. But uh, I realized being a therapist was not for me, <laughs> even though, like, again, I applaud it. I think everyone should be in therapy. It's very valuable <laughs> um, and it's very beneficial for all aspects of life, fitness, athlete mindset, everything. But I, it, it, it's a lot like to put out emotionally every day and yeah. either for a lot of people, totally. uh, families. You have, to have, you have to have a lot of, um, I can, yeah, patience as part of it, but just a yeah. lot of space to hold for everybody's individual needs. And you know what they say, therapists need their own therapists as well. And I can totally see yes. that because even just like my husband and I, we went to couples counseling last year and like there are times where I was thinking like, damn, it's like 8 p.m. She must be so exhausted and she must be so tired of having seeing, you know, uh, clients back to back and, you know, just holding yeah. all that emotional space for them and giving them tools and things like that. So I can see why uh, you kind of dabbled in it. You're like, ah, not for me. I can't do this. But it is definitely yeah. like a rewarding job. Yes. Yeah. I think with a lot so of my friends, Oh, sorry to interrupt, Lauren. I was going to say, I think that's what I want to touch base upon was when we were talking is that when you found out that we're BCBAs, you're like, whoa, you're now doing this, the same science, but with yes. health and fitness and women. And I'm like, yes, right? Like the behavior science and all of that part. And what really struck me was when you talked a lot about nutrition and how it's so much affected when you were in the field and how what we put in our bodies as parents or as kids and how it really affected our um, brain functioning and chemistry and how and our behavior. And it was just nice for, for us to be able to connect and like, oh, that's what you did. And now you do it here. That's, that's really cool. So I, I guess I'm curious to know, um, what are some things that you saw or noticed within health and fitness and the brain and nutrition, especially as it combined with behavior science? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I was hoping to talk about this because I just feel so passionate about it. And yeah, my again, like I started autism and then through the PhD, I think um, I kept up with the fitness and health aspect. And and actually, at one point, I was like covered like 80 percent of my body in eczema and I was just miserable. And I realized I, I switched my diet and that's and it cleared it up like everything. Um, and, you know, and seeing it in the field, like in working with families, like a lot of times the rewards were like, um, like I think one girl I, I worked with, she would only really respond to like Oreo cookies. And I'm like, I get it. I love Oreo cookies. But like, the, the diet is just, it's, it's so important in health and fitness, everything. It's like our, our brain is an organism uh, or our organ. And it's just responding to, you know, ourselves and our external world. But it, uh, I think one of the like one of my favorite facts about it it uses um 20% of your daily energy and metabolism and that's fueled by food food. So what you put in um like getting enough nutrients is one thing but like the quality of nutrients is so important um and another thing that like a lot of people um uh like misunderstand is like with fats and uh protein and carb sources like our brain really needs all of it to function properly and at like healthy amounts. And 
Um, and that's something we see. And it's, it's fascinating. Like a lot of the, uh, I started uh, doing some research um, integrating these different factors. Denise, like what you talked about looking at um, like health, um, kind of like diet and um, cognition. So like your executive functioning. Um, so like problem solving, mental ability, things, memory, things like that. And then how it relates to your brain. Um, I call it dynamics. Um, but it's basically how your brain is um, adapting and changing to what input you're getting. So how efficient is it, basically? Um, and what I find and what we see in the literature is that um, all these things are interconnected. So, uh, for example, um, I don't like I don't love the obesity studies or like BMI studies, because as we know, it's like health people like BMI is not a good measure. But what we do see in like more se- uh, severe cases of obesity, um, individuals do tend to have smaller like brain volumes and then way more difficulty with um, memory, inhibition, cognition, memory, planning. Um, and we do see changes in those brain dynamics. Um, and that's something I've seen in my own work, um, looking at autism and across the entire lifespan. As well, um, there are differences in brain network dynamics and brain networks are just brain regions that are working together um, and taking in our input and helping our cognition and um, and the pathway between like your body health and the brain and then what you do behaviorally is still under investigation, but there is a lot of um, cool science that's showing um, it's it is all interconnected. Um, I don't know if you've heard like the vagus nerve, um, Mm -hmm. but that's like technically your, like your abdomen. um, And that has a direct impact or pathway to the brain. So all these different things are connected. um, And I think a lot of times, you know, we think like, oh, brain is one thing, body is another. Mm -hmm. And then my mental health is another and maybe mind is something else. Um, But what we're seeing now, it's it all goes together and one helps may help the other. And especially in the case, like um, when you're not, you know, like I I can give my own uh, personal experience. Like when I wasn't healthy, I had like the worst social anxiety. Um, I was overweight. Um, I just wasn't, I had like brain fog. Um, I wasn't working the diet. So that's why I had like the eczema. Um, And when I changed it, like I, I felt better I felt more confident and a better mental health and mindset and there's so many studies that show like people who exercise or work on mindfulness that um, they actually have better cognition and healthier brains even um, so it, that's something that I think is if I could put a message out there it's you know your body brain health everything it's all interconnected we can't neglect one thing and hope for one another thing to rise like it all has to be together together that's a that's um that's a good point and something that came up to mind when you were talking about that Mm -hmm. is i think a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to improve their mental health before even thinking about nutrition and physical fitness when i feel like a lot of times you could start with your nutrition your physical fitness and it could improve your mental health by a whole lot what are your thoughts and opinions about that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I think um, mental health is something to always work towards, but sure. I do agree. I think like um, there's been so many studies where they show like even just six minutes, six minutes a day of like uh, a really good, hard, intense burst of, of like cardiovascular workout. Um, is related to better um, brain health and cognition. And we see it time and again, um, even in the MRI results, like a few weeks of fitness even um, can increase um, your brain volume and like memory centers, maybe for like the hippocampus. Um, and it and when you exercise, you are releasing dopamine and, you know, you start to see uh, if you also implement diet because you can't, Sometimes you can get changes just the fitness side, but I strongly believe that diet needs to go with it together um, to really see body changes. And as we're shaping our body, or maybe the goal is to lose some some body fat. Um, and and like yes, like I I do hope everyone 
like, you know, it's nice to feel confident in any shape that you're in. But I know as us women, like, or anyone, we do feel better at certain, like, certain sure. looks of ourselves. Yeah. Again. Um, and honestly, like, when you are mastering the gym equipment, mastering your body and seeing the changes, you, the confidence starts rising and you feel so amazing and people start noticing how great you look and like other women are like, I want to work out with you. You're like killing it in the gym. And that's going to trickle down to your mental health and help reduce a lot of the anxieties. And it kind of puts things in perspective. And especially if you go in the gym, um, like with uh, this mindset, like focus and like really clear your mind, think through the reps, um, imagine your dream physique that's all mental that's all like mindfulness as well uh visualization meditation too yeah i think like it's manifesting and what you do and what you visualize your body's gonna follow and then that's gonna change how you see yourself and you're gonna radiate this positivity and be so confident like and of course uh, the whole journey like you know, it, it can, you can still have these anxiety and depression because we do have kind of like a like a trait level versus like state level. Like um, some of us have just naturally more anxiety, but it's something we can, I think like fitness is one, fitness and diet especially is one way to start shaping our mental health. And there's some interesting work with like autism. Um, I, I'm not ex- an expert on like gut brain health or anything like that yet but there are some interesting studies like um individuals who take like with autism who take like a probiotic Mm -hmm. just a probiotic every day it shows to reduce their um their negative symptoms like something Mm -hmm. so simple like that yeah Um, so they often have like restricted repetitive behaviors and and a lot of anxieties um yeah and just a probiotic (laughs) so i feel like the diet health like everything that's one pathway we can use to to help us in our in our mental health but i think it still needs to to work on the mental health side like as well all of it yeah that gut brain connection um i got super geeked out and looking into that a few years ago but you had mentioned too because you said eczema you had eczema uh, you yes. were at one point a little overweight. When did this happen? Was this happening as you were going through school? Can you tell us a little bit more about your health journey and on that side and maybe some things that you experienced and what changed? Yeah, yeah of course. Um, yes, I know a lot of us have our, our journeys and uh, I, I try to put like my before after shots on my uh, on my socials. So because I'm like, we all go through things. It's okay. Um, but yes, I, I was overworking. Um, uh, I was in Miami at the time. And even when I was like, still at post, like undergrad UCSD, um, I think I just stopped like, um, walking as much and being active. And, and I honestly did have just like a terrible diet. I think I ate a lot of like, uh, the frozen Trader Joe's foods and like pizzas. And I just didn't know, like, how diet works I just didn't grow up in that um like I didn't learn those skills like growing up and um and it I think it really caught up to me when I applied for grad school and I actually started losing <laughs> losing hair um I was mm-hmm. so stressed like like uh, applying for grad schools you for PhDs med schools a lot like, you know we have to apply like 20 plus schools interview and and at the time I thought like it was like um I put too much value on it. You know, I felt like it was like, if I don't get in, what am I, what, what's, what's my life? <laughs> I put way too much stress on it. And, and I feel like being in a chronic stress state as well. Um, it's, it, it creates a lot of um, negative side effects for the brain and obviously health and then diet. I just, uh, I think that was my way to feel better was um, I think I would have wine. Yeah, I drink wine every night because I was like, I survived today. So <laughs> I get to reward myself. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and, I'll, you know, a little bit of alcohol is okay. But that was just like, uh, I think the one glass would turn to a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to have a couple and think- sips. And then before you know it, you're oh, in yeah. the bathtub crying with a bottle of wine. Like, why me? <laughs> yeah. exactly that's what happened and then then, and and then COVID happened um after I think my first two years in the program and 
And uh, yeah, just activity levels went down. I didn't do too much and it was just like eating a lot. And and then I uh, I also had a breakup. So that, <laughs> mm-hmm. so that I think all that, like I, you know, one day I think I looked in the mirror, like I saw a photo of myself. I was like, I just felt like I didn't look great. And I was like, I think I'm ready to make a change. And breakups will do that to it, you. Breakups will really do that to yes. you. So like, what? Fuck this the breakup. Shit. I, I, it's the revenge body, let me Bonnie. tell you. That gets your <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Revenge body. And yeah. and I think it was like in my mind for a while to like take it to the next level. And I, I had been powerlifting and exercising all this okay. time, but I didn't have the diet. I wasn't as disciplined and consistent. Um, and then uh, and then I heard news that I uh, my mentor, um, Dr. Lucina Dean, she she got an offer to um, move to UCLA and and she said she can take neuroscience students. And I was like, you know, what? yeah, I'm going to go for it. Like I'm going to change from clinical psych because I hated it or it was not my passion. And I was like, you know, I think COVID uh, there's something about pandemics <laughs> like or like uh, life disasters that um, there's usually it either higher breakups or str- or more pregnancies and, and a lot more life changes. And I think that was something that like completely changed all our lives. And and for me, I decided, I was like, all right, I'm not going to live in fear anymore. I'm going to go for it. Um, and yeah, and I, I made the move to UCLA. I broke up um, with my ex and, um, yeah, and I, I went for neuroscience and um, and then I decided, I was like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and compete <laughs> for bodybuilding. <laughs> do it all. That was like, the, yeah, yeah, just do it all. That was like dream physique. And, and I felt like um, it would correct my diet and everything. And, and I, I did take time, like a few months ahead of time to like get me to the point where I, I felt like, like ready to make that full jump because it's kind of hard to go from like, zero to 100 which is possible but uh yeah I kind of built up a little bit of better habits and started like learning about diet and nutrition and then um and then yeah that that was a few years ago um I think three years ago now that's when Mm -hmm. I started um bodybuilding and I've been doing that um the last three years um but four shows now only three years Um, only three years yeah, yeah. And wow, you look like that girl. Uh, <laughs> you could do it. Congratulations! <laughs> yeah, I mean, by the way, hard bodybuilding's Thank hard. You. And um, yeah. so, do, how many times have you competed? Yeah, four shows oh, now. Four shows. Oh, um, wow, two years. So my first year, um, with uh, my first year, I spent like a really long off season. I think I I shredded down um the excess body fat i had or Mm. uh, that's fine like there's healthy ranges but uh i think i needed to like kind of go down in body fat for like bodybuilding is more extreme i wouldn't like recommend it for everyone Mm -hmm. um but yeah like uh i went down and then i started like a really long like i don't know it was like eight months of massing I got to the heaviest I've ever been, but it was different than my weight, my body composition before. When you're implementing like dedicated fitness with a, a good nutrition, even if it's massing, uh, your body composition is going to look a lot different. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then from there, I started my my first prep ever, and I was so scared. I, I was really scared through it. Actually, yeah. I, I I had like you know like imposter syndrome. Even the pitches like. A lot of us faces like imposter syndrome, like fears if I'm going to fail and so many things. I was like, I'm just going to do it. And I just took each day at a time. And um, and it took a lot of planning as well. I think that this is something we were talking about. A lot of people. Um, oh, I was going to say, Lauren, how to do it? How do you get into the prep? Like, yes, what, what did you have to do? Well, not only that, not just the prep, but like you're in school as well, like a PhD yeah. program, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. so PhD um obviously studying dedicating so many hours to that you're doing competition which we all know bodybuilding competitions they require lots of hours with for you too lots of energy so yeah how did you do it please tell us the secrets <laughs> okay you know i was single no, okay <laughs> <laughs> well okay then <laughs> um no i'm just joking you can do it i think uh one thing i would love to touch on is I think like having the right partner is also very valuable to the brain and, and having that love as something 
that we don't talk about in neuroscience, mm-hmm. interestingly, but I think yeah. that's a big part of health and mental health. But that's like maybe a whole other whole other thing. But okay, <laughs> I was single at the time, and <laughs> so I was like just so bored. <laughs> but okay, so something about me, I when I I'm a I'm like a pretty extreme. I just like go 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 sometimes, and and I can work till burnout. And I think that's a lot of like us high achievers. Uh, we just we might overexert ourselves and um and I had done that already like for two years with the PhD I was just I was honestly working nonstop, and it really impacted negatively my health and and mental health um and so I feel like I was already dedicating so many hours that like I could like chill on the PhD side and then kind of like put more hours into fitness but kind of like how I would structure my day um, I would plan each day out. Like I, I when I moved to UCLA, I actually had to retake all the classes again mm, here for wow. neuroscience. Um, so that was like, but their program is only like two years of classes, um, and then I still had my research. But at that point, I was already, um, I already knew the fMRI methods. I already uh, knew how to like conduct research and write papers. So. I feel like once you kind of do it, you're a lot more efficient. Um, and I also knew how to study and put as least effort to get like an A. Um, and that's, I feel like that's like, like, what is the book? It's like the four hour work week, like be as like, do as little work as possible for the, like, the same result. Like, that's like how at that point I got there, like the efficiency. Um, and so I was able to kind of like, put as minimal effort <laughs> into studying and, and like uh, I still put a lot of effort in my research side, but you know, I realized I didn't have to work nonstop. So then um, um, with the, with the fitness side of it, I would just meal prep um, and I knew my meals for the week, what I needed to do and, and eat. And I kind of would plan all that out. Um, and then I plan out when I go to the gym and I already knew what, what I was going to work out each day. Um, and you don't really need long rest sessions um, in between sets. So, uh, and for me, like people are always like, you're so mean at the gym. I'm like, no, I'm just very focused. I just go in, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. I'll even like dash between my workouts. Like, cause I want to keep, uh, if you have the pump, you want to keep going because uh, you'll probably get more, um, like with the metabolites going, uh, it helps with like your, with the muscles. So I'm just like, try to go as fast as possible, but slow during the sets. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like, just so focused, I could get it done pretty fast. And then, um, the prep it, the first one was challenging. Like, I think I would spend like maybe two hours in the gym and then, oh, as you get closer to the show date. So say if you have like a, I think it's usually like 12 weeks or 18 weeks for prep. Um, the last few weeks, you know, you are spending like uh, an hour, if not more, um, almost every day on cardio. Um, so that it would become like a three, four hour gym session <laughs> with wow. posing. And um, and that, yeah, I started posing, but I started a lot of like these habits during my bulking phase. So a massing mm-hmm. phase. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, again, like once you get those habits down, it becomes more efficient and you don't have to think so much anymore. So by the time I got to my prep, it was more not like it was still challenging my first prep, but a lot more natural to implement. I think mm-hmm. the first times when you're figuring out your meals, figure out nutrition, figure out your workouts, like everything, it takes a lot more mental power. Um, but once you do it enough times, it becomes like yeah. your lifestyle. And then I, I did have a coach. Um, so that took a lot of the mental power mm-hmm. off um, for me. So if you just tell me what to do, um, I I did a macro-based diet. So instead mm-hmm. of like, I think where people have bad experiences with bodybuilding is like they get told exactly what to eat. Like uh, mm-hmm. usually it's like the tilapia rice nightmare stories. Um, (laughs) so he let me decide just based off macros um and and that made it a lot more doable so i could like go from ground turkey to egg whites if i wanted to you know like right so there's a little flexibility in there flexibility and yeah um uh and and that yeah i just didn't i think i still had time for friends um other things but i think it was like planning like crazy (laughs) yeah and just getting to the point where it's so efficient with everything 
Um, it's just your lifestyle. You don't have to think too much about it. Um, I think that's what really helped. And then, um, and that's yeah, for most yeah. people, like that's the goal for most people, right? Because how I think of habits is like a, a dimmer switch. Once you learn like the the fundamentals of all of these systems when it comes to your nutrition, training, sleep, like routines and stuff like that. And when it comes to like bulking or um, cutting or on maintenance, it's like you're ramping up the intensity of what you're already doing. So you're not, this isn't like an on and off switch. It's more so, okay, mm-hmm. now it's time to ramp things up a little bit. I just need to figure out where, like more time in my day really and how intense I have to go. And then once you achieve that, those goals, then you kind of go back and you pull back a little bit. So you're never turning them off. You're never going to mm-hmm. stop training. You're never going to stop planning. You're never going to stop prioritizing your nutrition. You're just not as intense as you are the last month of prep. Mm-hmm. And to add on to that, like you were saying, you know, the first few years in your PhD, you had to give it your 100% focus. And then when yeah. you decided to take on this, um, you know, training and, and and competing, that took now more of your time and energy. And I think so many yeah. women get so caught up and like, it has to all be balanced. But it's like, sometimes things have to be yeah. put down. Like your PhD, you just yeah. kind of had to turn down that dial a little bit and mm-hmm. turn up the dial in your fitness. And like you said, that was just brilliant. Like, just you just were more efficient at studying and conducting research and you already knew what to do there so it's like okay what else can i take on at this moment yeah. and it happened to be your your competition so very cool <laughs> yeah what i what i love too lauren was that you mentioned that having a coach helped reduce that mental load for you mm-hmm. and i remember when we talked at lunch last week we were a little bit hesitant too in investing in a coach right you're like you know i kind of have the yes. information so i would love to hear a little bit about that like deciding to choose a coach or yeah oh my god I need to choose a coach and even maybe I feel like I'm lagging but I feel like deciding to choose a coach and also like what you look for in a coach too is something we talked about yeah no definitely oh that's so funny because now like when I look back I'm like oh what would I have done without a coach (laughs) (laughs) like I feel like it's so 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 needed but it is an investment um and I know this is something we talked about in our um in our chat last week but um yeah like as a grad student i don't like uh luckily in the phd programs you do get a stipend um intuition's covered for my program but the stipend's not too much mm-hmm. <laughs> so like say for example i make i'll, I'll just tell you <laughs> like the stipend's only like three thousand a month in for ucla Gotcha. Uh, I think they raised it now, but it's like that's how much it, it's been on average. Like not barely enough to to live, but especially uh, in like, LA, I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and pe- it's funny people always hush hush about. It. I'm like, I'm just gonna tell you, like, no, I no. love that. Like, you know, like especially women and like corporate, like in our corporate world, like we were never allowed to ask like our our coworkers how yeah. much money they're making or like what their raise was, or it was always like a secret <laughs> until the very end, you have to s- j- sign the contract. It's like, can you just tell me how much I'm going to make? Like, why is this like a secret? <laughs> yes. There's no secrets. Yeah. I think like, yeah. And I think we also strive for more if we can, totally, but <laughs> we all deserve it. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, well, not everybody. So I was like, okay. Hard. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, <sorry. laughs> the hard workers. Yeah, the hard workers. This hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was just like, okay, I have this budget, and and I, you know, I spend this much on rent, utilities, and then I was like looking through how much I spend. I was like, oh my gosh, I like, I, I think I actually saw this from someone else mentioned this. Um, she com- she's she was competing already, and she's trying to get into med school, and I was like. Uh, I was flying her journey to competing and, and she was saying like, you know, I spend like, sometimes it's like 300 a month on coffee and drinks. And I was like, wow. I looked through my bill and I was like, you know, like, you know, eating out and drinks and coffee. I was like, you're right. I was like, I do that <laughs> too. I don't have a coffee every day. Like oh buy it God. out. I'm like, they're like $5 a day. <laughs> so like five times 30. Like, I was like, oh my gosh. Um, so I feel like that was one area I could reduce. And with competing or in a cut or being just healthy in general, you know, you kind of naturally won't be eating out as much and like probably prepping your own food and maybe reducing the coffees out. Um, um, and then, uh, uh, so then I was like, okay, about 300, 350 a month. I, I can do that. Um, and 
and that's when I was like, you know, I, I felt like that's, it was worth the investment for coaching. But when I learned a little bit further of like, okay, why this investment? I was like, this is something for me. And then this is also going to be like something long-term. Um, so it's not just for me at this moment, it's like an investment in my health for long-term because, you know, if I don't make these changes now, like imagine what health issues I'm going to have in the future. And, and like with the eczema, for example, I was already doing like daily UV treatments. Like I was injecting myself at one point, like oh to God. try to like help reduce it. I was like, that's all costly. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and I was like, I was like, you know, your health, fitness, diet, like those are all things we can do. And that are free. It, it's linked to, to an extent that are free from the coach to an extent. Like we yeah. could, yeah, you could do it all for free if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and 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 then future like it reduces the risk of so many health conditions and uh, things that like you know it might actually cost us a lot more in the future. So I was like, all right, I think it's it's time, it's worth the investment. Um, and how I decided to um, pick the coach. Um, so what I I wanted to learn like um, just everything at first, just like. Um, looking into how to create your own fitness program. And, you know, I started learning about diet and nutrition. And that led me to um, some online resources. I was just watching like YouTube channels. um, And I started watching, it's called Renaissance Periodization, Dr. Mike Isertel. um, Yeah, so they they have a lot of great resources on there. And, um, and then um, I was watching a lot of his work. And I was like, Oh, it'd be really cool to work with um, you know, a company who's also like science-based and fitness, um, they're all like, it really relates to my passions and what I'm doing. Um, and I, I, I just, I saw a lot of coaches online and a lot, um, didn't, oh, there's a lot out there who don't have like an education behind them. They just go based off practice and, mm-hmm. um, they don't really do the research on it. Um, not that it's like, one way is better than the other. I do think the research side is better, but, (laughs) um, and I heard so many, you know, horror stories, uh, especially for competitors. And I was like, Oh, I really don't want that. Um, and so that's when I decided to, um, look into Renaissance periodization. And I saw they have a coach, Jared Feather. Um, he does a elite physique, and then I was like, okay, he seems good. And then I was watching his informative videos and he seems like knowledgeable. And I was like, oh, I could really learn a lot and maybe implement it all and like him teach me so I can do it on my own eventually. Um, and that was what I really wanted from my first coach was someone who can educate me as much as possible. So that way I'm not like relying on them forever and not paying a coach forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what happened. He, yeah, I, I worked with him the last three years and he, I would ask a million questions and he was so knowledgeable. Um, and what also helped me decide for, um, to go with him as a coach was I did reach out to his other clients, um, and like female competitors and, mm. you know, asked like, what was your testimony to his coaching and like his style? Because for a coach, you do kind of want someone, um, who, you're gonna work well with like mm-hmm. I'm not a very I'm very much like um more independent but if you need someone who's like more um with you and holding your hand along the way you want to make sure you find a, a the right match um out of a coach for that and for him he was more hands-off and like uh kind of hard on me like <laughs> that's what I wanted though I wanted someone who's like like just doing giving it, you that tough love Tough yeah. love. That's exactly I what I wanted. I love it. Yes. I want to educate me. And yeah, yeah now I, I'm doing it on my own. Um, wow. It works. <laughs> he, yeah. he taught me a lot. Um, and there's always stuff to learn now. Totally. And, um, Wait, but, so you're, yeah, I think. But you're still competing, right? Yeah. So are you doing your own prep? Is that what you... Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Okay. This this round, I'm going to try it. We'll see. Maybe I'll yeah. go back to I'll probably I, I'm still gonna like talk to him and like or like reach like, out. Wait, how do you coaches. do this again? I, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But gotcha. honestly, once you learn it, and 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 I I see ourselves as our own, or at least mm-hmm. myself as a our own science experiment because totally. that's like a way to see like 
okay, if I gain weight, I can lose weight. If I do have a chi mel, like I can get back on track. Like we're not stuck in this one body, this one, or like we're not stuck. We can like try all different things and see what works best for ourselves. And that goes with, you know, body, mental health, like mm-hmm. fitness. Um, totally. So it's kind of scary self-coaching now, but I'm like, I'm going to try it. And like, I see myself as like my own subject and if it doesn't work, then I'll, I'll, yeah, <laughs> I'll no, that's so <laughs> exciting. And, and I love that you said yeah. be your own scientist. And yeah. now that you've done it so many times with support, you already know how it works. Like, you know what to predict, you know what to expect, right? Just like what you said. So if I gain weight, I know I need to do this, right? So we don't have to freak out. And that's actually something that I always talk about too. It's like, I've gone through so many bulking phases, cutting phases, maintenance phases that at this point, if I gain weight, I don't care. (laughs) It's not that big of a deal because I know exactly what I need to do to get back on track and to lean down if I need to. And I know what's happening to my body if I do gain weight or if the scale is, you know, if the scale is creeping up, okay, I am eating out a little bit more frequently. I need to pull back a little bit. I know what macros, macros, steps, cardio intensity, all of those things, all of those different variables. And so I think that's one of the most valuable things of a coach is you learn all of these things. You get to test run it. You get feedback. And then once you go through that so many times, you're like, all right, I got this shit down. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's people who start like intuitive eating, like they don't even need to track. I, I did track um, everything really religiously in my first years, but off season, I, I don't need the scale anymore. Now that I'm back on prep, I, I do. Um, I'll, I will use the scale again, just because it's, it's just easier. But mm-hmm. yeah, it once you learn it, like, uh, like what you said, like you can make adjustments and, and, you know, if your health is starting to get impacted, you know what to do. And I think like learning all these skills for yourself and taking the time, however long you need um, to learn it. So you feel confident to implement in yourself. I think it's so worth the investment. And, 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 and like, I know you're you're a mother. Yes, a new mom. Yes, congratulations. (laughs) And I think that's amazing. And something I've from all my research um, that I learned is like the mom is so important to shaping the lives of the children. And if they're going to, you you know, they whether they know it or not, like they're not consciously like, oh, she's confident or she's in the gym. You know, they're, they're not like consciously thinking. They're just, they learn from our behaviors. And yeah. I think it's so amazing. Like, like you're, you know, like being a confident woman and like getting in, like Aww. you're going to the gym and, and doing it. Like that's actually shaping the brain. Like totally. their environment is getting shaped. And that's something like I've seen time and again, like, so the parent, the mom, especially like mm-hmm. they're not consciously knowing like that. And like, I think a lot of mothers don't realize like, like you don't want to neglect yourself you want you need something for yourself because that is actually shaping the your child's brain and, and yeah we we're actually just talking, like sorry i didn't mean to cut you off lauren um but we were, just, we were actually just talking about that today on you know um when women become parents they want the best for their kids right they constantly they want them to be successful to take risks to be confident to feel empowered Um, but somehow it's so challenging for them to do it for themselves and that could be impacting their children so much. And so what we strive to do, I mean, we work with a lot of moms who work with a lot of women who want to be moms one day and it's like, take care of yourself first. And that's going to be so impactful for your children in the future. I know for myself, um, my mom always exercised. She always prioritized health. Now, um, if you listen to our earlier episodes, my mom had a very interesting relationship with food and she, she was the type of woman that um, categorized foods as like good or bad and did a lot of restricting. Uh, however, it was coming from the place of, I want to live a healthy lifestyle for our family, but she always exercised. She always meal prepped. She worked out one hour every single day while she was at work wow. while managing the house, taking care of my sick grandma. And so I had that modeled for me growing up. And so it, it became normal for me to yeah. achieve all of these things, right? You can take care of yourself. You can work full time. You can keep the house clean. These are, these things are always possible because I had the role model to show me that it is. And so I believe that. I can achieve these things too. And so I can only imagine where if we can just empower more women to hold that belief that they'll be able to model those things for their kids. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And that's something like, I think through all this, that's 
a message I hope to also get out there. And like I study, um, my dissertation work is right now on babies um, and autism and in looking at their outcomes. And I really do, I see time and again, I think the mother and being in that environment shapes their outcomes. I think it's one of the strongest predictors. And I think that's amazing. And, and I, and it's, it's, it's hard. Like I, I see that like, and I hope more women, especially mothers. And like, I want to be a mother um, one day is, you know, it's worth the investment in yourself because you're actually doing it, not just for yourself, but it is actually for your kids. Mm-hmm. Like they're, you're inspiring them whether yeah again like they're they may not even consciously know but like they they do everything like even um i think there's like some early studies like even by like two years of age they can kind of see like social patterns and like um start understanding like things like race and like social social differences and so like everything you do your behaviors like your confidence your those habits, um, diet, it's all, it's shaping your kids too. And there's also interesting work like um, that your grandmother impacts your genetics and brain health now. So like wow. what your grandma went through impacts you now. Um, oh, it doesn't mean like we're like, like, <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I love my grandmother, but I mean, she was, she, she, she was very sick and I'm like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> but there's, so I think like for you, if you're, you're a grandma, you're a grandma, so you get to pave your, your new way. And oh, there's okay. like the idea of like, <laughs> yeah, like, like one day I'll be a grandma and like, yeah, I see. Yeah. I'm like, wait, when? <laughs> there's a what I love too, thing. though. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry I keep interrupting. I think there's a lag. But what I love to, I'm going to say to go off of you, Lauren, is that your brain is malleable. Like it can change. Yes. I think that's where we get stuck, right? We, we were like just geeking out on that where sometimes people feel so stuck and they're like, this is just who yeah. I am. I'm not able to change. And the brain is plastic. You can change if you start now and you do those things. So I would love to hear uh, more on that from you, Lauren. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I was just kind of like, kind of touching on it uh, there's like it's related to the brain um it's called like epigenetics so genetics brain rewiring um basically the idea is like like yes what you do now and even health fitness your weight um you can start rechanging your genetics but also your brain and what we see in the brain side i think it really does kind of like correlate with like genetics as well is like um, it you can get changes even overnight, like in a day. Um, it's it's related to learning, um, and of course, to make like more long term rewiring changes, you need like you need time. So like six is oh, I think I I think I told you the amount of time you put in, like the amount of time that you got to your current state. You have to think that's the amount of time you need to change to your ideal state. So like, mm. say it's been like six years to becoming this person. Imagine that's six years of wiring your brain. And if you want to like make changes, like, okay, six years is a long time, but, <laughs> but it does, it just like, it does take time and it can sure. happen. And, um, and yes, we do have like a state level of like, uh, our personality, for example, but like what we see, um, it's, it's still like a newer concept, like within like, I don't know, the last 20 years, um, we see like that the brain is plastic, even in adulthood. Um, and we can make changes and you are not stuck. Um, if you want to change your thought patterns, uh, you know, it takes effort and time, but it can happen. And, and there's actually a lot of fitness studies with like, um, large scale populations, um, where they see like, uh, you know, fitness itself and exercise, um, you know, over the matter of, of weeks, like after it takes time to really rewire the brain, but, they see differences in those brain structures. And, um, and I look more at like the network. So how like brain regions are working together. Um, and yeah, we can see even differences within there. And um, that's where we see a lot of issues in like uh, autism, anxiety, depression, or mental health conditions, like kind of like your brain, your brain starts kind of like functioning abnormally. But there is hope, like, especially with cases like anxiety depression um where we can kind of like almost like re like correct it but it just takes time um and i think that's something a lot of us don't realize that it's like the amount of time you put in is kind of like what you're gonna have to put out but it's like taking each day at a time and 
it's interesting along the journey you start to see the changes and that keeps you going and it's it's exciting and and then that kind of leaks over to your cognition and everything and your your mental health and um and it's like always exciting when someone else notices <laughs> it's yeah. like oh, like sees your how you are like happier or, or like or maybe one day you wake up and you're like wow i'm not anxious anymore and it's like oh i've been working so hard all this time mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden i don't have to think about my social anxiety and um yeah i i i think it's incredible what what happens um even just on the neuron level I want to make sure uh, too, that was, thank you so much for sharing all that, but I want to make sure we get to congratulate you because uh, because we're ending the year of the podcast, but you got a recent sponsorship with, is it Penier Magazine for your upcoming? Yes. uh, Yes. (laughs) I know this is a hard turn and you're running for Miss Philippines and I know. And I wanted to make sure I want to make sure yeah. we talk about this before because we have five minutes left before yeah, we end. Yeah. Can you share? It's yeah. so exciting. Oh, Congratulations. Gosh. Yeah, honestly, manifestation again. I mean, <laughs> it works. And I think just having a good heart, like and sharing what you're passionate about and and facing your fears and going for things like it creates the life that you want. And I had like, I had thought about Miss Universe for a while and um, <laughs> I was going to apply this year and um, I'm part, I'm mixed. I'm part Filipino. Um, and, um, and I, uh, I'm, I know like some of the girls like Maureen, um, if you're familiar with her, she's a, she's a Miss uh, Bikini Olympia. Um, so I befriended her at, at my gym and um, that's how the company, the magazine found me. And, um, yeah, they just liked, I think a lot of the stuff that I, I've been just sharing my fitness journey and neuroscience and, and my goal was like outreach to other women and, um, yeah, and they found me and, um, they decided they wanted to go ahead and, and sponsor me, um, for these upcoming bikini competitions. Cause they're kind of pricey. <laughs> they're kind of pricey. No, yeah. 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 Everything. Uh, the coach, the yeah, suit, well, no and, coach, but the suit, the spray tan. Everything. The- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, it's 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 still yeah the fees and mm-hmm. and yeah I was planning on applying figure out the steps for Miss Universe and um they kind of knew that and and they thought I was a good applicant and they went ahead and sponsored me uh you have to you have to like run for your the country first um and become like Miss Philippines before you can go for Miss Universe but yeah I was trying to figure out what I was gonna do next after the PhD and. And again, I feel like I'm I'm just lucky, but humble. <laughs> no big deal. Manifestation <laughs> and hard work. I think like I'm having just good intentions and and yeah, I, I really do think like one thing. I I hope a message is uh, for all women. It's we have our own great potential, and each of us can shape the life that we want to. And it's scary, especially like leaving a unfulfilling relationship or our job or or changing career paths, but. I'm telling you, like, it's, you gotta live. (laughs) And and you gotta live for yourself, too. Yeah. Such a good message. Thank you so much. This is so great. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much for everything and for, you know, just being an inspiration and accepting this invitation. And yeah, we're so excited. Um, Any last words, Alyssa and Denise, or any last questions, I should say, before we head out? No, I think that's a wrap. Thank you so much for spending time with us. And uh, you're just, you're in LA. You're not too far. So as soon as I pop this baby out, I want to come work out with you. Yeah, (laughs) lifting party. (laughs) We're going to come visit Denise because poor Denise is always coming down. We're in Temecula. I know. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we're not not, far. Yeah. And it's, we'll come visit you. It's way more fun in LA. So, yes. (laughs) We'll get a good here. Yeah, we'll get a good workout, get lunch. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh my gosh, I'm really glad to talk to you all. And I've been following your page. And I think that's why it was so easy to say yes to be here because the message you put out and inspiring women and showing your journeys. Um, I was like, wow, they're exactly the type of women I want to be in contact oh, with. So you're, the best. Uh, I, you're, you're all amazing. <laughs> you're amazing. Okay. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Lauren. All right, guys. Uh, thank so- you.
Thank you for listening with us and we'll catch you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.